0: You're listening to The Beautiful Life Podcast, where we believe this is no ordinary life and every day an opportunity to discover more of God's heart, pursue His manifest presence and make a difference by no ordinary means. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Debbie Desmond. For more information and other resources, visit www.noordinarylife.co.za Father, you are so good. You're so incredibly good. Your love is immeasurable. It never fails. I just want you to remember that picture I gave you of being dropped in the middle of the ocean, and everywhere you look, it. it's just ocean. You can't escape his love. You can't escape his love. No one Can escape his love. Lord, we receive your love. We thank you for your love. And Father, we ask that you would come and give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Come speak to our hearts, Lord. Your word is living and active. Let it be living and active in our hearts. Speak to us. Show us your face, Show us your ways, Lord. We pray like Moses and say, God, show us your ways. We want to walk in there because we know that's what we were created to be. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so like Nigel said, this is going to sort of conclude our um, our sort of series um, on on love, but may it only conclude the series on love, but not love in our heart. Because, like we've been saying all the way through the weeks, what is your greatest pursuit? What is your highest goal? The Bible says in um, 1 Corinthians 13, 14, uh, 12, 13, and 14, our greatest pursuit, our highest goal in life should be love. And that's where we're going to find meaning and happiness in our life. Um, um, if, you, if you pursue anything else, your life is going to be meaningless and empty. That's what 1 Corinthians 13 says. But in everything we do, our highest goal, in everything, whether you're at home, where you're at work, wh- whatever you're doing, the highest goal, the thing that you seek above all else is love. Come on. So that when you get... To the end of your life, you have spent it well. So, <clears throat> yeah, last um, the last time I spoke, with, uh, well, um, that I spoke a full sermon two weeks ago, we were talking about how love is about value. Remember, you know, you can love ice cream. What value is that compared to loving your child that you'll give your life up for? You won't give it up for ice cream, but you'll give it up for your child, right? The different values the system in in love. And today, what we, last week you spoke on how to, you yourself be loved, and today we're speaking on, well, how do I love someone? Because we, because like we said before, love can be so, yeah, 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 you know, we speak about love all the time, but... Sometimes you don't think it through. How do I actually love someone like the Bible says? Matthew 13 verse 44 says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought the field. What you can see from this parable is that you're only going to work for what you value. You're only going to pay a price for what you value. What you find precious, the Bible says, where where your heart is, there. <laughs> where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Whatever you treasure, you're going to love. Whatever you value, you're going to be you're going to be willing to pay a price for. Um, one man only saw a field with weeds, grass, but another man saw a treasure and he was willing to give up everything for it. Um, And two weeks ago, we spoke about what God places as the highest value of all. That is God himself is the highest value of all. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And and then it says, love your neighbor as yourself. That's the second value because we're made in his image, right? Right. So those are the two main values. And and actually, the Bible says that all the commands, the whole Word of God is summed up in those two. So that basically, the Bible from Genesis 1, if you want to know how to love, then I could say to you all, let's open our Bibles this morning at Genesis 1, verse 1. We'll be reading through to um, Revelation um, 22, and we will stop for tea breaks at uh, the end of the mosaic law the minor prophets, you know that's what we would be doing here because the whole bible the word of god is telling you about how to love god and how to love others that's the bible summed up that's god summed up because god is love okay and so, again, what I was, we were talking about is what is truly valuable. And you're not going to love something that you don't value. And We have seen God is saying that he is the most valuable, and then people are the most valuable. John 15 verse 12 says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. That man saw something in the treasure, in in the field that he sold everything for. And this is where we start when we think about, well, how do I love? It all starts with the value that you see. It all starts with the value that you see. Loving people starts with whether you see true value in them. Or not not in relationship to what they do for you like mm, you know what I can see that that person's gonna do something for me so I will love them no it is do I see something valuable in them that I that I will then love right mm-hmm. so it's loving someone's starts by seeing value so if you say like because let's face it God has said the greatest command of all is love God love people, or love your neighbor as yourself, right? That's the greatest command. That's going to make your life the most successful and the most meaningful and the most happy yeah. at the end of the day. Um, so God said this. So if you then want to obey God and love, this is where it starts, is do you see value? If you don't, then the beginning part of what you need to do is say God show me reveal to me give me a revelation of your value or most often we can as Christians value God but give me a help me to see value in people help me to see people like you see them God was willing to come down humble himself and be like a man, and then to risk his life. He didn't know anyone was going to follow him for sure. He was taking a risk. He said, but I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to die. I'm willing to die. I'm willing to give up my life because I value you so much. I'm willing to give everything for you that's how valuable you are that's how valuable people are and if if you know sometimes like we said before you can understand that in your head but if you haven't got it in your heart then you need to start praying for revelation that god would give you a revelation of the value of people in your heart because that's where lo- lo- loving people will start um and like I said, I just want to reiterate this. You know, one Corinthians thirteen um, says, "If you don't have love, you are nothing. You're like an empty, clanging goal. That's what you're gonna. That's what your life's gonna be." Remember, I said two weeks ago that they found. Uh, I was listening to a a, a, a doctor in psych, psychiatry speak, and He was saying the voluntary. Taking up the voluntary responsibility to love someone brings meaning to your life, and meaning brings happiness to your life. So that needs to be our highest pursuit. Okay, so the question is, well then, once we've got value for people, then how do we do this? What do we do? And the Bible. I while I was reading through all these scriptures on love, I saw two um, scriptures. I saw that you can be trained to love, and that you can be taught to love in the Bible. Um, Titus two verse three says, "Older woman," uh, it's it's this um, t- speaking to old, It was just part of I was just in part reading this and speaking to older women how to live their lives reverently, re- reverently, and it's he, his. Um, uh, command to them, was to, to tell them to teach what is good, and then it goes on to say, and he gives them a whole list of things, and then he says, train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, to be pure, to care for your households, etc. But that stood out for me. It says, teach the younger women to, to um, train them to learn how to love their husbands and their children. That means that you can be taught. It doesn't matter how dysfunctional, like Nigel was telling us last week, his, he came from a very dysfunctional family. Um, and you know, if that was it, then he had no hope. But learning what God says, getting training from people, learning from people who do know how to love, and I think he's the greatest lover in the world, he's Ooh. learned well. <laughs> Um, And then 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 9, um, Paul says, Now about brotherly, brotherly love, we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God. Taught by God. This means that God can teach you if you ask him to love. He can teach you to be loved. And then 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 12 says, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other. 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 3 says, The love every one of you has, has, has for each other is increasing. And often and often again in the Bible, it talks about Paul saying how he's so encouraged that their love is increasing. That means that loving someone is a skill. That you can be trained in, and you can be taught in, you can be taught by God, and, you know, the Bible says that, you know, God directs your heart into love. This is something of a skill that can be taught and honed. that we should pray. I mean, Paul's constantly praying, I pray that you would love. They would say, you know, because why? Because it's the greatest commandment. It's the greatest commandment. You know, this is the thing that keeps on going on in my mind. It's the greatest commandment. We forget. I don't know about you, but I live my Christian life, but I often forget. It's the greatest commandment. It's the greatest thing. The Bible says, above all else, pursue love. Above all else. This is the greatest commandment, and we need to start honing and being taught because God wants us to live the full life that he's, he has for us. Hebrews 10 verse 24 says, "And let us consider and give attentive care to spurring one another on to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as in the habit, as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near." I just, I read the scripture, and for the first time, you know, I often have always heard it in the context, this scripture in the context, don't forget to, you know, come to church, come to Christian meetings, because, you know, um, you know that's what it says in the Bible, don't neglect, so there's the command. But, you know, um, this time I read it in the um, context of, you know, spurring one another on to love. Often people come to church, and they're just spectators. They hear, and they will critique, The worship, they critique the sermon, they'll you know what all the various different things. But actually, this coming together, um, it shows here that it's not a spectator sport coming to church. It's actually you're coming there to be encouraged, and more importantly, for you to encourage others to do the greatest thing that you were ever called to do—the greatest thing. I just want—I'm going to emphasise. To encourage people and spur them on to do that which is to love, on, you shouldn't be coming to church thinking, Oh, oh I'll see what they've got today. <laughs> you're here, one, to love God, and you're here to love other people to encourage them and to spur them on to love more so that we can get this thing right. Of the greatest thing that we could do with our lives is to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. Amen. Amen. So I just got a couple of points. They're not all the points, but things that will that that um, are ways, not necessary ways, but things that help us skills to love um, to love as God tells us. The first one is read the Word of God. <laughs> read the Word of God. In the Word of God, you will find what love looks like. And like I said, from the beginning, Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, it's all the commands, all the Word of God. And if God's Word and all the prophets, everything can be summed up, about, um, God, Jesus said, love God and love, your, love your, the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and love your neighbor as yourself and your strength love your neighbor as yourself it's summed up in there so if you want to hone your loving skills that's where you start with the word of god um remember what we said um, is god's commands are there they're not just arbitrary to say okay oh, you did all of this, yay, now I can bless you. God's commands are there because they are there, they are boundaries that protect what is valuable. They protect what is valuable. What is valuable above all else? God and people. And so if you read God's word, you will see what is valuable and what you need to protect and what you need to put boundaries around in your life. Um, The second thing about Honing your loving skills is connection. Connection. I remember, you know, we can, I mean, love is an action, absolutely. But I want to tell you if this isn't part of your loving, then you're not loving. How many of you have ever, you know, had someone do something for them and do something for you, but there's been no connection involved in it? You, it's literally, it's like something's been. You've been ticked off their to-do list. (laughs) Do you feel loved? So I was thinking about this, and I was thinking like, if I'm thinking about God loving me, what is the biggest thing about, I was thinking about being loved by God, what is the biggest thing for me? And this is what I came down to, being seen and being heard. um, The fact that, God is with me. That He wants to be with me. Um, You know that's that's because what happened. What it really is again is that I feel valuable. I'm not just some task on someone's list. You know. So if this is a key thing, if you want to love someone, then then listen, hear them, understand them. You know, connect with them. Connection you need to if someone you know comes into say even this room right now and they sit there and you know they get hear the word, they hear nice music they all these things that 's all wonderful, but if they go out there and no one 's connected with them or they haven 't connected with God they 're not going to feel loved yeah. So it has to be connected. Imagine, it's like, you know, you've often heard about those people that have kids, and they give them all the stuff, but they don't give them themselves. They don't make time to hear who they are, what they're doing. Those, those kids, how they end up, they never feel loved, even although they've got all the stuff. That's not the God we serve. He doesn't just give us stuff and say, oh, look, I'm loving you. That's not about it, Okay. It's about connection. Second, Third thing, the Bible says, and I thought that this is really key in loving someone, it says, um, love your neighbor as yourself. As yourself. Well, firstly, um, and I'm not going to go into that because that's an, another whole sermon, but as yourself, if you're going to love someone as you love yourself, you really have to love yourself. So, you know, you, you need to firstly have a value for yourself. And the way you get value for yourself is when you come to God and you see him as valuable, and when you see him as valuable and you have a revelation of God's value, and then he loves you and reveals your value, then you have a value for yourself, and from a value for yourself you can then have value for others. You, I, I can tell you one thing, that if you are not good at valuing yourself, You will never be good at loving people. No one who doesn't love themselves. People with a poor uh, um, appreciation for their value are not good lovers of other people. Generally, what happens is they rather suck attention and love into themselves because they have a deficit. But if you know I'm loved, remember we said receive God's love because if you receive God's love, there's an overflow and you've got enough to give to everyone else. But if you haven't received God's love and know your value, you haven't got anything to give to other people. So coming back to that, uh, love others as you love yourself. This is like, that's how just, it's very simple. If you want to love someone, you say, how would I like to be treated in this situation? What would I like someone to do to me at this moment? So Simple. What would you like someone for you to do? Like That's quite easy to ask yourself that question. Well, then do that for that person. That's simple, right? So value yourself because God values you. And then from that overflow of God's love inside of you, just say, well, how would that person, how would I like to be treated? And then treat them like that. That's easy. Well, easy to know, maybe not as easy to do, <laughs> but that's why we've got God's help, right? Okay, the fourth one, um, again, comes to this, um, this um, principle of value. It's to, if, if someone, for you to feel loved or for someone to feel loved, they need to feel honored and respected, which comes back again to this thing of value, So to love someone means that you will honor and respect them, value them, right? Romans 12 verse 9 says, Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. It says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Honor one another above yourselves. Philippians 2 verse 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility. Consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not only look to your own interests, but also the interests of others. Again, it comes down to value again. So when you're in a room with someone, do you value them, respect them, and say, you know what, um, I, I value at least as much as yourself. Here, it said, like, you know, put them above you. Just, you know, that, that Jesus... In Philippians two, it says it talks about God, the God who made the whole universe, humbled Himself, and He made Himself nothing. It says, and He came and humbled Himself, and made Himself a ser- to, came to serve us. I just often think about just how amazing God is, that like He, he is constantly giving. I mean, that's all who he is. He's like constantly giving, pouring, serving. I mean, that's just his nature. It's just amazing that this God of the whole universe would come and, and honor me with his presence, with his connection, with his service, with all the things that he does for me. And he's just asking you to do the same for other people, to come and just say like, I, I honor you. You know, this is, this is so important for us to do, especially in the light of our weaknesses and frailties, that we can look at someone and say, despite... Look past their weaknesses and frailties, and despite that, discover something genuinely to admire and honor in them. Remember, I gave you, and I just want to do this again, that illustration that the Lord gave me one time when I was spending time with him of a mine, a diamond mine. And on the surface, it's like a whole lot of dirt. And, and the Lord told me, he said, like, think how much dirt I I, I looked it up on the internet. It's like tons, tons of rubbish and dirt and rubble that they have to um, get out and go through to get one diamond. Tons! But but they still go through all of that to get to the diamond because it's so valuable. And the Lord told me in that time, and he's telling you now, as I tell you, that God said to me, you know what, Debbie, because I was afraid at the time, I was thinking, like, you know, will people go through all my junk? (laughs) You know, will they reject me? And the Lord said, you know, you're so valuable. People will be willing to go through your junk because you're so valuable. And that's the truth, you know. God is willing to put up with all our junk because all, all tons and tons of it, if necessary, to get to that true value. And that's our heart towards other people. That we say, like, you know what? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff to get through. You know, when I'm with you, I have to, I have to extend a lot of patience and endurance. You know, um, that irritates me about you. But you know what? I'm willing to take that on. I'm willing to get past that. Because you're so valuable. You're so valuable. And that's how we love people. We get past their junk, okay? And we can find something genuinely to value and to love inside of them. Amen. Because there's no doubt that they are made in God's image. So there's something there. And if you haven't found it yet, dig, people! (laughs) The next one is remember that love is free. It's free. You know, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, there are love covenants in the Bible. Well, that means there's, there's agreements and conditions, right? And, and we see um, God making a love covenant with Israel, with his people. So it's not like I'm, I'm saying that there isn't love covenants, but I'm not talking about that. There's actually four loves in the Bible. Eros, which is sexual love. Storge, which is affectionate family love. Um, filio, which is friendship. And then agape, which is God's kind of unconditional love. They're all different words in the Greek. We use one word for all of them. So, you know, from I love ice cream to I love my, um, my um, child to whatever. You know, all the different, every love. But here they have four. But what I'm talking about here when I say love is free is the agape, the God kind of love. Um, and agape is dependent on the lover and not the recipient okay and that is important for us to know like you know it obviously you know there's different types of you know like you say friendship is maybe a different type of love but this agape love is unconditional it's dependent like when God loves us it doesn't matter what you do it doesn't matter I mean you can do anything God loves you it doesn't matter. He doesn't condone your sin, but he loves you unconditionally. It never ends, never fails. Not, but You know why? Because he is love. He can't do anything else, and he will love you because it's dependent on him. It's not dependent on you. When you give love to other people, that's the attitude you need to come into. It's not dependent on them. It's not whether they do this or do that. No, you determine beforehand, I'm going to love you, period, because If you're using that love, the love of God that you have received, he will give you love to love other people um, like that. And that love is generous. It's unconditional. It's unwavering and unyielding. I was um, reading Shakespeare's sonnet 116, which I think is so like this. I'm going to read it because it's so much like 1 Corinthians 13. It says, Love is not, I'm just reading the middle part, love is not love which alters when it alteration finds or bends with a remover to remove. Oh no, it is an ever-fixed mark that looks on tempest and is never shaken. It is the star to every wandering bark whose worths are known although his height be taken. Love's not time's fool whose rosy lips and cheeks within his bending sickle's compass come. Love alters not with his brief hours and weeks, but bears it out even to the edge of doom. So, 1 Corinthians 13, that's just an echo of 1 Corinthians. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects Always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. I love the Amplified, the way it says it. It says, love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Is ever ready to believe the best of every person. It hopes... Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. And Song of of Songs 8, verse 6, I love this about love. It It says, place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death. It's jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like um, like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot wash it over. In, If one were to give all the wealth of his house for love, it would be utterly scorned. Woo! Man, I love it. I mean, I'm just like, man, this is beautiful. This, this is like, you know, I mean... To love like this, you have to be courageous. You know what I mean? I think of those, those things like, I will climb mountains for you. I will cross the desert. I'll die for you. You know, all those things. Like, this is what love truly is. This isn't like some, oh, you know, in our world, this is what love is. Like, oh, well, you know, I don't know if I feel like I love you anymore. That's not this love of God. This love of God is like, I will die for you. This love is like... This is what it says here. I love this. It says, it's as strong as death. Man, I mean, you know, I want to tell you, you know what the greatest thing that people are afraid of? The thing that is the most terrifying? Death. I mean, that's greatest fear. People are afraid of dying above all else. But you know what the Bible says? It says, death, where is your sting? Where is your sting? Because Jesus conquered death. And he's like... And this is what it says... There's one thing that is greater than love. That's why we've said greater over, I mean, great, greater than death. One thing that's greater than death. And we've said this because we said love is the greatest. This is the greatest because people are willing to die if they love someone. That's how great love is. Love is one that will conquer anything, even death. Jesus did it for you, and we do it for people all the time. That's why people go to war. That's why fathers die for children. That's why strangers will even go and rescue people. Because it's inside of us. Because it's the greatest thing. Love is powerful. It's the most powerful thing of all. Amen. It's, it's the, the damsel that goes, ah, You'll do that all for me. And the man that goes, Whoa, I'll do anything for you. Just bring it on. I'll die for you. This is love, you know. This is the powerfulness of love. Woo. <laughs> um, so it's whether lay down your life as in your actual life was whether you love someone like you know a mother who is up for nights on end with their child you know and they' walking around with bags under their eyes they're giving up their life um, for, for that person um, you know just on that score, I want to say, one time in our life my, my children were gosh they were just before their teen years ago. Oh gosh, they just were fighting all the time. And I was like, Jesus, I'm, I mean, I've done everything. This is like just not a Christian home. I mean, I'm even my pastor and these kids just I just keep on coming before them and just saying, okay, let's work this out, let's work this out. And one day I was like, Jesus, like really, you know, I'm failing at this job, you know. I mean, we are not getting this right. And, um, and God gave me this revelation, firstly he said to me, Debbie, you're going through this season in your, with your children because this is the place where they are learning how to deal with conflict. You are teaching them every day, so this is their training ground, and this is right for where you're at. And you're going to teach them how to deal with conflict, because if they don't learn it here, where they're going to learn it out there? And they've got you here, and they've got me here to teach them how to live in conflict. But then he went on to say, um, he went on to say, like, you know, Debbie, think about this. If every day you woke up and it's like. Everyone's so nice to each other in your household, and it's just so easy to, lo- I mean, if you're nice to me, it is so easy to love you. I don't need a lot of love to love people who are nice to me. Have you found that? I don't need a lot of love to love them. <laughs> i that's very easy to love them. But can kind of they do irritating things? They hurt me. They, you know, I mean, gosh, that little love <laughs> has to grow. <laughs> It has to grow. So, you know, what the Lord just said, you know what? You're experiencing great love in your family right now. It's not a little love. It's a great love because love overcomes a multitude of sins. And you know what? That We want our love to grow and increase, that it can actually get through all that person's junk until we find the diamonds in their lives. Amen. That's the kind of love we need. This sort of love that says, wow, I'll get through your junk with you really difficult time. I was having panic It's a year of my life. I just l- literally thought I was going to end up in the loony bin for a while. And um, <laughs> Nigel and I were listening to this radio focus. It was on the Christian broadcast. And this guy was talking about how he went through all of this stuff with his wife when she went through a difficult time. And, he, and so he said, oh, at the, presenta- the present- presentator, Is that right? presenter. Presenter. the presenter was saying like, so how did you feel like? And he said, well, you know what? I felt like it was my privilege to be there while my wife went through that to help her um, see it through, et cetera, et cetera, and and said like, you know, I just thought like one day I thought like, you know, it. I could. I'm here, and I'm. Or it could be someone else. I'm really glad I'm here. I'm, I'm the one. for it. So ever since then, my husband and ever each of us go through some really hard stuff, and the other ones along for the ride. <laughs> I say. I are mean, you feeling privileged my <laughs> my husband had lots of opportunity to feel privileged even when I've had a caffeine coffee and I can't sleep in the bed are you awake oh I am now <laughs> are you feeling privileged today <laughs> okay okay last one. Six, I mean, we dealt with this a little bit last week. Love, in order for love to be received, it needs to be communicated. Yes. You can say, I love you, I love you as much as you like, but until it is communicated, you know, by, you can love someone, should I say, but until you say, I love you, look in their eyes and say, I love you, or other things. How many of you have heard of the five love languages? That's a good thing. Like, how does that person like to be loved? How do they receive love? You know? So, I mean, there's a go. You can... Words of affirmation. How can you love someone? By telling them how valuable they are to you. How valuable, how... How... What you see in them, okay? Quality time. Spending time with them. Okay? Good. Receiving gifts, giving things. When we give something to someone, whatever it may be, um, acts of service, a hug, some sort of affection, all these things are ways to communicate love. So for love to be received, it needs to be communicated. So these are just some some of the skills that we can learn. But I think the thing that we, I just want to end off, is above all else, the Bible says to the greatest command, the thing that you should be doing when you wake up in the morning, what am I going to do today? I am pursuing love. It's my highest goal today. Whatever I do, when I'm in the office, when I'm doing my work, whatever it is, that's my goal, okay? And then to ask God to continue to teach us, to continue to increase and pour in his love, to make time to receive his love, but you have an overflow to other people. For Him, Make time for him to communicate it to you and make time for you to communicate it to those around you. Amen. Let's pray. We so in awe of the greatness of love. Your love overcomes everything. There's not one thing that your love doesn't overcome. Not one thing. It's awesome. You're courageous in your loving, Lord. You're un- you're- you set your face like flint to love I have a face like print. You're a warrior for love, Lord. You will cross every desert, climb every mountain. You will give yourself to your very end. Father, we just once again come before you and ask that you would reveal the greatness of your love, that you would give us a revelation that goes beyond our limited understanding. Like Paul prayed, we ask that you would give us the power, the supernatural power to grasp your love that surpasses all understanding, that we might know the depths and the heights um, and the width of your love. And that when we see it, Lord, that we would receive it and that we would send it all over, Lord, because this is the thing that makes our life meaningful. Make us our highest goal, Lord. Hone the skill in us that our joy will be full. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Beautiful Life Podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing to our channel below. If you would like to keep in contact with us, you can sign up for our newsletter by emailing us at info at noordinarylife.co.za or visit our website. If you have any testimonies, please email us. We'd love to hear them. Until next time, have a blessed day.